0: Welcome to the Data Rockstars Coffee Pod with me, Kelly Peters.
1: And me, Regina Lally. We're back with episode 26 to talk about what's happening in the world of data and data protection. And this week, we're focusing on the ICO's report into offline direct marketing activities of data brokers. But before I get you to chat to us a little bit about that, Kelly, I just wanted to flag something that I'd noticed in the news around a data breach that the cabinet office had over the weekend last week and that was a result of inappropriate redaction of documents and i just thought where companies at the moment are seeing an increase in subject access requests where they might have to redact the information of other individuals it might just be a useful, quick topic to have mm-hmm. a, an initial about to, to share sort of some tips there about what to be aware of. For sure. So yeah, the Cabinet Office put a report or a, an announcement of a contract that they had awarded online, mm-hmm. and over the weekend there's a few issues. But over the, mm-hmm. on Friday, it was identified that it was it had been redacted inappropriately in that the document had simply had kind of like black shape boxes put over the top of the text that they wanted to redact. So it was very, very easy to just remove that and find out and see what the information was underneath. That was available for five days over the weekend. So there's a whole issue there about um, response times to data breaches, which Maybe we cover in another yeah. podcast <laughs> to take up your time on quite a complicated subject. But I think what I just wanted to really flag to people is, you know, particularly if you are putting data into the public domain, where you want to redact particular elements of it, whether it's contact details or identification of an individual. And this is particularly important when you respond into a subject access request because you're giving one individual information and quite a significant number of data breaches come from responding to a subject access request and revealing information about another individual through that if you don't appropriately redact. Now, obviously, there's the let's just give the document as it is and not check it and then that reveals information because you haven't checked it properly. But if you have gone to the effort of going through and redacting information you need to do it in such a way that it can't be easily unredacted which is a real risk when it comes to electronic documents yeah and simply putting a black shape box over the top is not, not going sure. to do business properly so i guess what we'd recommend really is that if it comes to it then it might be a question of printing off Heavy black marker, old school rescanning. So going old school, and there are software packages out there that can help you redact, which make it much more difficult for people to attempt to unredact it. And I think you said to me that. Adobe have quite a good package as there's a couple of software tools called uh, Privitar or Guardam, and they also can help companies with that. Now obviously have a look check all the things around privacy what they do with that information so don't just download it because we've suggested it here but take a look and see what there is that can help you do that efficiently um, and don't just rely on very basic mechanisms because it's likely that they will just be very easy to undo. I think it's well worth that kind of warning because I think it's easy when
0: you're under pressure to upload stuff you think you found a solution and you've not necessarily considered the fact that people can simply move the text box that they've coloured in black away from the details so yeah take an extra five minutes and do it a little bit properly would save you a lot of pain and a lot of embarrassment because it's not the first time that a government organization has failed to comply with data protection. So we can move away from the joys of the government and data protection and and move on to the world of data brokering, which I've always questioned, not just the legality of it, but the ethics of data brokering primarily there is there is a role. Don't get me wrong. I think there is a role for data brokering, especially if you're a business and you want to grow, you don't really have any initial contacts. You want to be able to have a a robust list from a trusted source to be able to uh, contact people that you think are going to be interested in your services. The challenge is you, if you've bought that, if you've invested money in it, you. Want to believe that the source where you've purchased that data from is good quality data you've got the right lawful basis for using it you should have done your due diligence if you've had those reassurances why would you question it now what the ico have done and they initiated this four years ago when they really started four or five years ago when they started to really look into the data brokering industry because people typically don't know this is going on so they don't complain to the ICO so mm-hmm. typically the ICO will investigate because a lot of individuals have started to complain about something however if you don't know it's going on you're not likely to complain so now, the- surely
1: that contravenes straight away then that element of transparency and fairness because if you don't know it's happening how can it be fair to you and- do you see what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it does it contravene data protection, and I think that's why they wanted to take a look in it. They really wanted to understand a lot more about the data broker industry and what they what they did, which I thought was quite nice. I mean, it's a lengthy report. If you've got time to read it, do read the report. It was issued this week. But essentially, four years ago, they looked at all the companies that were registered with the Information Commissioner as a data broker. So they had 1,200 organisations, and they did. And as a data geek, I quite like this. They done a data map which Which looked at the flow of data from different types of organizations. And they identified three hubs. Those three hubs were Experian, Trust Union, and Equifax. So they went to these organizations to talk to them about their core function is credit ratings. And then as a side business, they also are data brokers. And they wanted to understand how they use that data. And this report was not about online activities for direct marketing this was about offline and offline okay. direct marketing is sms messaging postal marketing um for example or telephone calls okay separate investigation going on for online use and i'm sure at some point in time we'll come back to talking about that um, and what they wanted to understand is how did they source the data to mm-hmm. do the data brokering what did they they then do to enrich the data so they took, did they take data from the electoral register? Did they take data from their existing credit rating informa- uh, database and kind okay. of enhance it to then be able to sell it for then other data brokers to possibly enrich and resell. So it is quite a complex market. And what they found out was actually during their investigation and they issued, as is their power, the um decision to audit them so people one not understand that the ICO doesn't just go directly into fining they can mandate that they come in and do an audit they'll tell you the time it's going to happen and they they do and you have to make people available to be interviewed yeah and essentially during this interviews and the collection and, and looking at the data they um found out that actually they didn't necessarily have the right lawful basis for processing the direct marketing so not credit rating, just the direct marketing activities. And in some instances, they were enriching the information that would highlight who could afford products and who couldn't, so using financial information as a way of reducing the list. So they were, I can't think of the word. So right. was
1: that kind of from the information that they'd collected from their role as a credit rating agency? Yes, exactly. Yes, so the they, yeah, to so they say, were well, actually the this person can or can't afford those those services.
0: Exactly. So they would add there was additional added value that when someone was buying it from them, they knew that people could actually afford this. Now the challenge is the public have no idea this is going on. What I found interesting was this report highlighted that only in a, a survey they did in 2017. Only 20% of the public was aware that their data was being used for data brokering purposes. So wow. my question to anyone listening is, do you know, other than you've got a credit score, you know, or do you know you've got a credit score? Do you know how to get your credit score? Do you know how that's how your data is then being used beyond that remit?
1: What I thought was really interesting in it was the statement that it said that these three agencies had this kind of data on nearly every adult in the uk so if you are listening and think that doesn't affect me it it absolutely probably does It's, it's i thought that was that was fascinating
0: yeah and i think it's where you ask that question well where did you get my information you know you can end up going down a real rabbit hole of wondering who has your information and why they're using it and but it's generated from these kind of organizations and the ico looked at them and they said actually the first principle of the regulation is it needs to be fair, lawful and transparent. And you need to meet all three of those component parts of the first principle. And what they were finding was that they were not being transparent. So if you look at yeah. the privacy notices, there was no real description of how they identified the data and how it was being used. You can then argue, you're, are you really being fair? because you're not telling people about it and are you being fair by enhancing people's data to such a point that you're precluding them from potentially being sold information or you're just being unfair in the use of that data and that they were not being lawful so they were mixing their lawful basis from in one instance having consent and then flipping it from consent to legitimate interest without realizing that you couldn't do that if you're basing it on the process of of the basis of consent you have to continue to do so. So through this investigation, they've essentially gone out to all three of them and said, you need to improve. It's not what we what we found of your um, approaches fundamentally needs to change. Equifax and TransUnion have done so much that the commissioner is happy with that they've removed products from being offered anymore. However, they have given Experian nine months more to improve to say actually whilst you've done some of the stuff we've asked you to do you haven't done enough therefore we think that you are continuing to be unfair in in your processing and until you address this you you really should stop experience unsurprisingly for being a, a large organization have come back and said Actually, we feel that we disagree with that stance, but the information commissioner has said that if you don't comply with this, the next step would go down the financial penalty, which then opens them up to that the 20 million euros or four percent of the global turnover. Imagine that four percent of their global turnover is probably more than 20 million because it's whatever's greater. Yeah. So, I think for me, what is really interesting about this one if you're Joe Public you know, you have the right to know what inf- what information is being processed on you. So, you know, really read privacy notices. If people have got your data and you're getting a phone call, you have the right to ask them how how they got your data and why they're using it and and to object to say, no, I don't want you to or say, no, I don't want you to use my data anymore. If you are buying data from data brokers as a company, do your due diligence. Be absolutely confident about what data is they're going to be giving you. What is their basis that they've collected that data on? So that when you contact people, your privacy policy is up to date. You're being clear about your fairness and your lawfulness for processing
1: other things I thought was quite interesting was the fact that uh, the ICO highlighted that their legitimate interest assessments that they'd conducted were inadequate and often biased towards the company and I think that's another good point to stress for any organisation is Mm -hmm. that a if you're relying on legitimate interests you absolutely need to do that assessment it's not the easier alternative to consent and when you do that legitimate interest assessment you absolutely need to be objective and put yourself in the of the person whose data you are processing and really ask yourself that question would I expect this would I be happy with this would I be okay with my data being used in this way and really challenge yourself to think in that way because I think it's very easy Mm -hmm. to have one view about how your own data should be processed and another about how you operate within a business environment Uh, with other people's data and I think that's absolutely key to make sure that you do those things thoroughly and don't just blithely say we're relying on legitimate interests. You absolutely have to understand that more carefully. I
0: agree and I think that from what we're seeing people are getting more aware of how their data is being used so they're they're now challenging you a lot more. So you want the confidence that what you're doing is correct so you don't lose the trust of your current customers, staff, or even future individuals that are going to engage with you. So yeah, it's certainly been an interesting week in data protection. I think there's still lots to learn and it'll be interesting to see what the ICO do next in terms of online profiling, because I think that's significantly more intrusive than what's Mm. going on in offline. For sure.
1: I think that's probably brought us to about the end of it now. It's a very interesting summary that you've pulled together there. It is a long report, but uh, an interesting read. But I think you've pulled out key points there for us and the listeners to uh, get to grips with. So um, that was a really cool session.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, if you want to challenge anything we've said, or you have any questions for us, you can email us at, the coffee at dbxuk.com We're happy to answer those questions. And uh, yeah, I hope you've enjoyed it. And we'll be back again next week for another cup of coffee and chat about data protection.